oh, oh, oh. I forgot to say, you cannot have sex during chemotherapy. Why? Will you pass like the radiation to Exactly. Your you you have you have toxic sperm. Oh you, you will create like ninja turtles and, and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. Welcome to the Ministry of KPKB. Please hold. Hello, hello, and welcome back to episode two of Ministry of KPKB. My name is Nikki, yours truly, and we have... Elwin. And today, we're going to be talking about cancer. Well, I'm going to be interviewing Nikki about um, his experience with cancer. But we're going to try to keep this uh, <laughs> lighthearted instead of too morbid. And Yeah, la, because people I know in general get turned off by the word cancer. It's like so depressing and stuff like that. So we're just going to break some stereotypes and myths about cancer. And also like, you know, shed some light on what it really is like. And it really is not a death sentence. And it's uh, in certain uh, aspects, it can be quite life-changing for a positive kind of way or so. So we will discuss that later, right, Alwin? Do you know what is a death sentence? What is a death sentence? Life is a death sentence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Let's you get and your, started, man. You and your stupid analogies, man. Dude, they're, they're not... Uh, I think they're either like go or like super trash. La, but it uh, depends on your target audience. La. Okay. So, yeah. um, Nikki, do you remember when this whole thing started? Like, when did you start to notice that your body was starting to, you know, go haywire? Um, it was... 2018, when I started developing like uh, what I thought was eczema skin uh, rashes on my skin, and it was like chronic lah. So I uh, so bad I couldn't sleep at night. And um, in 2019, I was uh, diagnosed one year later. And um, funny thing is that just before I was diagnosed, I actually went for a full body checkup. The doctor said, like, young man, you are in the pink of health. You have nothing to worry about. Uh, five months later, I cannot lymphoma cancer. And uh, it was um, very shocking la, because, Elwin, dude, you know, I, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I exercise <laughs> three or four times a week. Why did I can? Ah? And then, dude, you smoke and you drink. Uh, come, okay, not that I'm, I'm cursing you, la, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, why are you like so um, like healthy, sort of, la, besides your gout, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. But yeah. yeah. Okay, go on, go on. So, so it was, it was um, that was quite... Um, depressing for me i mean who wants to find out that they have cancer and um back then i didn't know much about like what it was about or so what i had to go through so um a lot there were a lot of uncertainties when i was diagnosed it was very depressing and mm. um but now you see me smiling you know you see me enjoying life so that's the the you know i came out of it like a stronger person lah. yeah I remember there was one Chinese New Year, you know, we were at Norman's place and then everyone saw you and, and you lost a shitload of weight, man. Was that before I was diagnosed? Yes, that was before you were diagnosed. And then people were like, you know, like, what what have you been doing? How can you lost so much weight? Dude, so so you, you see, like, I, I don't take hints properly. Uh, like, people had been telling me I lost so much weight, right? But I took it like, hey, dude. You know, you are you have you been working out? You're looking, you know, you look like lost weight and you know, you look good, yeah. They're kind but actually what they meant was like the opposite, right? They're like, dude, you look like shit. Not so much weight. What's wrong? Of course I didn't get the hint. 
Okay, so w- when did you finally kind of like realize that, um, okay, th- this something's not right. I need to go see a doctor. It was in October 2019. I still remember, man. I had a, like a, two meetings back to back and I'm, I am a workaholic. So um, that week itself, I had like a swollen face. I thought it was a limb node infection. Even Vivi and my, my helper were like laughing at me for looking so swollen. <laughs> they, they, they really, I woke up then they're like, ha ha ha, you know. They're like, oh man. <laughs> um, so I went to the, the GP and then the GP looked at me. He looked worried. Then he said like, young man, go to the A&E now. Then I said like, huh, really? I'm so serious. I went to the A&E. The A&E doctor like said like, oh no, uh, are we going to get a specialist here? Then a specialist came. He took one look at my face. And he said like, um, uh, uh, young man, you better... Oh, why, why, why my doctor voice is always like, young man? Uh, anyway... Um, <laughs> young man, you better, uh, you know, stay in. We need to do some checks. Uh, and I said like, hey, I got a 2, 2 p.m. meeting. La. It's very important. Then the, the guy said like, you, you just better cancel everything you have for the week. I think you might have cancer. Yeah. What? They, they got all of that just by looking at your swollen face? Yes. So apparently this swollen face syndrome is called the SVC obstruction. It's like a, a major blood vessel that pumps blood from your heart to your brain. And my tumor was the size of a 10 cm mass uh 10 cm is basically like a i think playstation control size <laughs> can you imagine that pressing against your heart and uh, and uh, a vein so that caused the swelling la, and my face looked like 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 a marshmallow man uh it wasn't pleasant la, but I, I i didn't think it was cancer but when you, you when you were working out and you know like checking out your your new slim body you couldn't see the the tumor uh no 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 it was inside hidden well inside my 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 chest ah, yeah the the chest okay, cavity okay, okay. yeah so it's not like a visible tumor where it pops out of the body or something or 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 the neck or something like that like Quasimodo right. or what you know um so Quasimodo didn't have he just hunched back right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah back tumor yeah <laughs> okay so like that that very moment right when the the guy at A&E said, okay, dude, I think you might have cancer. Like, what went through your head, man? Wow. I thought, like, it was the end of the world. I thought I was going to die. I didn't know how long I had to live. So many questions, so many uncertainties. Lah. And, um, I, you know, I would, I would ask you back the same question. Basically, what would you do if you found out that you have cancer? You know, strangely enough, like, <laughs> this thought has actually crossed my mind before because, like, you know, so many people around me have gotten cancer. Like, you know, I think one of our ex-classmates from Nian, she got cancer. My ex-hairdresser got cancer. I lost two of my ex-colleagues from cancer. Both my maternal grandparents died because of cancer. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think like I've kind of come to terms with the fact that, you know, I think I might be the next one to get cancer. But yeah, in, in response to your question, I think my first reaction, right, would be, to laugh, you know, like, <laughs> like, fuck, I get to join the club too. Okay, I, I, I mean, like, the odds of cancer, if you don't know, is that every two out of five people might get cancer. That's a very high percentile <laughs> average, right? Shit. Yeah. Dude, that's like, I yeah, mean, that, that's really high. I mean, like, I, like, if you count our friends, you, me, Louis, Johan, Selwyn, Norman, that's six of us. Um, I already can already. So I think, I'm not cursing our friends again, but at some point, I think one of us will get some form of cancer. And I think falling sick is a certainty in life. It's just how, what kind of sick is, do you get cancer? Do you get a stroke? 
you get heart attack, you know. Um, our body is, like you said, like, every day we're just like slowly dying. So, 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 so like that moment when, you know, the, the guy told you that you might have cancer, you started feeling all these things. Like, you know, was there like this fear of death? I know, I know it sounds a bit weird, but, you know, did you fear the end? There wasn't so much fear of death, much more fear of like um, not being able to be there for my my kids anymore, my family, and and mm, and, mm. and and not seeing Nathan grow up lah, you know. And that at that time he was only one years old, and that was crazy lah. I saw his like whole life <laughs> flashing past my life <laughs> in front of my eyes. His whole life, not my whole life, uh, and all those moments. You saw uh, his I, whole life, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I imagined it lah, and 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 I. I cried because I thought like, oh, I will miss his going into Premier One. I will miss him, you know, uh, getting a girlfriend, getting married and his kids having a grandpa and I would not be there. And so, wow, I thought like, shit, I'm going to miss all those moments. And then Vivi, like, what is she going to do? She's she's like going to be all alone. But the doctor came in and then he said like, uh, okay, um, you probably have lymphoma. Uh, we are quite confident of curing it lah. And when I when when I say cure, right, uh, cancer, there's no such thing as cure, like They what they mean is like uh, to get you into remission. That means to control the cancer and to suppress it from coming back and in your life, lah. And basically, if your cancer doesn't come back after the first year, not bad. After the second year, pretty good. After the fifth year, you're considered like a normal person again. You never, you know, you you can not worry about it so much, really. So, what stage are you at right now? So last year, I relapsed again. I don't know why or so. So after one year of remission, I relapsed again. I went for one more round of treatment. Um, so by July, I would be one year in remission if my PET scan is cleared. When we talk about treatment, I'm, I'm assuming that's chemo, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, so chemo. Chemo is a whole topic by itself that we can discuss for 40 minutes and then this Zoom <laughs> meeting ends. But I, I want to <laughs> ask you ask you something. Because my impression of chemo before I had cancer, right, was like, was like super strange. And then it turned out like nothing like how I expected. I want to ask you, like, what is your impression of chemo? I mean, based on what I've read, I think, I think you're, you're jacked up with like this whole bunch of like poisonous drugs. And I, I think the whole process seems kind of painful. Like, yeah. I, or do you get blasted by like some sort of a machine with radiation waves or something? You, what you, what you this is described sounds like a, a scene from... Wolverine or <laughs> Captain Incredible America. Hulk. <laughs> Incredible Hulk or Captain America. Not not too far from there. Uh, chemotherapy basically is like an infusion of drugs via a pump. But, or sometimes we take it orally also. One cycle is considered three weeks. And the first week is always the infusion. The, the, the medicine goes in and then all the, the drugs go in. The second week, we, we kind of like uh, enjoy the side effects. Enjoy might not be the right word. <laughs> Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy. Well, like you feel like super tired. You like nothing you do. You can make you get out of bed. It's like fever plus fever, and body cannot move. So tired. Um, I I don't think I've ever felt that way before with any other you know sicknesses. <laughs> and and chemo is not actually a sickness. It's actually like supposed to help us. So it's actually like a nuclear blast to cleanse the body, detox, ultimate detox, <laughs> uh, and to make you into a a piece of white paper lah, so everything dies lah. So basically, the body resets, heart reformat like a computer, defract your 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 cells, and basically pray that the, the the cancer cells also die together with the good cells lah. And that's the very essence of going through chemotherapy. It's like it's like blanket bombing 
the body, right? Because it's, it doesn't just kill the cancer cells. Like I say, like, it's like, like a nuclear blast. La. Remember when we used to play um, StarCraft and then we would have to count down? <laughs> Five. And then there's no, like... Nuclear see, launch detected. And then these little like Marines are like, oh my God. Then they're running away and like... Ah. <laughs> yeah. So we're, tr- we're trying to kill the Zerg, but we end up killing like fucking everything on the yeah, map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cancer is like the Zerg. La, so you can see the whole like Zerg like base like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you, when you say infusion, right? Like, how do they infuse it? Like, are you on a drip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, I, I have this drip, and actually, um, on my arm, right, they will install this thing called a pick line, P I C C line. Uh. it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> in the computer terms again, it's like a USB port. So I don't have to always <laughs> poke. I don't. So imagine, like, if you to infuse every three weeks, if you have to poke every three weeks, it's going to be painful, right? So they just put a permanent pot there like a USB pot for the drugs to go in uh. huh? and then this pot just hangs on your arm for like three weeks no man for six months man the whole the whole process man what yeah so it's like a kukuchiao coming out from your arm it really is like a kukuchiao I'll show you the picture next time <laughs> you've got this like second dick just hanging limply yeah, like yeah. hey what's up you it's, know? Pre- it's, it's pretty limp it's, it's just like a cable out of your, your arm and it it, it okay. connects it connects straight from your your vein into your heart, you know. So the drugs go straight to your heart. Oh, okay, okay. And and like, how much drugs uh, are you given? Like, is it? I don't know. I have this impression that um, it's it's this bag of like you know green radioactive like glowing thingy that goes into you. Like, so what is it that goes into you? Uh, to be honest, I'm not so sure myself. Also, <laughs> they have all these like drug names like for the chemotherapy. Every every cancer has different drugs to treat. La. So mine was mm, called okay. the R Every alphabet stands for one drug name. I shall not bore you with that because it's it's very technical. La. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, sometimes it's green, it looks like chendo. Sometimes oh my god, it really <laughs> is green. Yeah, sometimes it's in the purple bag and then there's a toxic sign outside the the bag and the nurses are like wearing double gloves and they're like, oh, wow, you're wearing double gloves and then you're you're injecting this shit into me. Wow, this must be... <laughs> in, straight into my body. I'm like thinking this must be very, very strong shit that you don't even want a physical contact with it, man. And does your body like change color? Um, I mean, that's, sorry, random question, but... <laughs> hey, dude, that's a very valid question, man. Because uh, people who go through chemotherapy, right, will um, show some signs of um, discoloration in the skin. And of course, the side effects, uh, you know, the usual stuff you see on movies. But movies, they, they always cure cancer like in a five-minute montage. La. So <laughs> life, is, <laughs> life is not like that. <laughs> um, you, you, you lose your hair. And I'm talking about like everywhere, including the, the balls. Damn. I, I noticed what makes people look like uh, people who are going through chemotherapy is that they have no eyebrows and eyelashes and that makes them look like fucking tired. When you said like, you know, during the second week where you get to enjoy the side effects, right? Like, do you feel pain? Um, not so much physical pain, but it's more of a just being in, in the limbo uh, mentally. Because you don't know whether it's working or not. The side effects of chemotherapy uh, are very strong. Like, and, and different people have different experiences. You get mouth mm. sores. Uh, you get um, a fever, severe lethargy. Because we have low white blood cell counts, Vivi was very worried about me getting infected. Like. So uh, we would go out in, in mass. So this was pre-COVID. And everyone was like, looking at this, at me, 
with a kukutia on my arm, <laughs> wearing a mask pre-COVID. So everyone's like, when I go out to the parks with Nathan, people like look at me like, wow, this guy is like, well, something wrong or something like that. Why, why, why is he wearing a mask in, in a park or something like that? So mm-hmm. <laughs> then COVID came and then masks were like normalized already, right? Then uh, <laughs> I blended in. Uh, so, so that was great. Uh. So what is it um, that, you know, people say to you when, you know, you're undergoing the whole cancer thing? What, what, what is it they say that makes you uncomfortable? Well, that's a very interesting question, you know, because I have talked about this to other cancer patients before so and then people always come up to us and say like wow nikki you're so brave you know like you're amazing and <laughs> and <laughs> and then my mind is like huh i i have no choice left because i just want to live so i'm doing the chemo like, it's not like i'm like you know <laughs> i did sign up for this shit dude I, I I got <laughs> I got drafted into the the military <laughs> uh, involuntarily, uh, and in this case, like I got drafted to do chemo so that be- if I want to spend more time with my family and live like literally survive and not die, right? I just have to do it, lah. You know, um. So I I do it for the family. <laughs> it's not because I am brave. I'm amazing. I'm like, you know, like uh. Uh, <laughs> I like I volunteer to go to Ukraine and fight, you know, because I'm so righteous and stuff like that. No, none of that shit. I'm just I just don't want to die. Simple as that. You know, this thing it reminds me of this uh this term. It's called inspirational porn. Have you heard of it before? Like porn hub kind of stuff or no? <laughs> no, it's not inspirational people fucking each other. It's um. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's basically like you know people pitying you or you know, like you know hailing you to be super inspirational because you have say um a disability or in your case cancer ah uh, i see what you mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think this is like there's this movement going around telling people not to do such things because like you said right it's like well I'll, it's not like <laughs> it's not like i signed up for this yeah like you know re- this funny story. Um, I recently had to edit a story, right, about a wheelchair-bound college kid who did well for his exams, and I was damn puzzled, you know. So I was asking my colleague, like, "Hey, why is this even a new story?" And my <laughs> colleague is like, "Don't you think it's so inspirational that he did well for the exams even though he can't use his legs?" And then I'm like, "Um, yeah, I know he's wheelchair-bound. His legs are not working, but his brain is functioning perfectly, right?" So. I mean, unless his brain is somehow stuck in his foot, I don't see why he can't score well for his exams. That's right. That's right. I think it's a very fine line, man, because like being wheelchair bound has nothing to do with academic results, right? And unless unless you say like he has no hands and he he paints like works of art, ah, okay, that's something. Mm. That's a different. I, I think that's a very fine line that people don't understand also. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and but you have the worst reporters, like dude. I don't know what's wrong with your company. <laughs> you always tell me all these stories, and I'm wondering, like, where do this? Where do, where do you hire these people from? I, well, I think at the end of the day, everything is quite contextual. Like, okay, like say if this guy who is wheelchair bound, he somehow won a marathon. It's like, whoa, yeah, man, like yeah. fucking amazing. But hello, I mean, <laughs> exactly. He did exactly. run something that required him using his brain. So correct, correct. Yeah. And and to be honest, uh, I I also have discussed this, and I have also heard a fellow um, uh, friends uh, on their on their podcast. So, uh, what 
not to say to cancer patients or you know other disabled patients. I think uh, one thing people always say, and I get, I got this one hundred times really. Uh, people have always said this to us, and we uh, we always like uh, roll our eyes a little bit. I mean, I know you guys mean well, but don't say like you got this. <laughs> that is a key phrase that I've. <laughs> I've heard a million million times already. <laughs> you got this uh, uh, on IG, uh, on Facebook. Uh, you got this. You know, you got this, bro. And, and um, well, what what do you say to them, man? Yeah, no I la. totally got it. I've got fucking cancer. Yeah, la, no la, I I just reply with a fire or like a a, a bicep uh, flex kind of like emoji la, Just like whatever You've la. Got this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know why? Because um psychologically right cancer patients or people who are disabled or we, we we don't have it we are in crumbles we are like dealing with serious shit and we we uh, cannot act a strong front for you guys so uh, actually we, we 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 don't got this <laughs> and uh i i know it's a very like a gen z thing to say now but it really is okay to not be okay uh, and that's what, what i want to say uh, right now totally totally but so what would you rather people say to you uh you need lunch not <laughs> what <laughs> yeah really you need lunch not uh you need help with the kids stuff like that or you need do you need a ride or something like that because it's just practical stuff that we struggle with and it's uh I, I, emotional stuff i don't think people can can help that much lah because it, it it is uh what we are going through and like I said, you know, we are in limbo. Uh, you can't do much also emotionally for us. Yeah. Unless you tell us that uh, our cancer is gone uh, and, and, and you have to prove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A wave a magic wand and you're cured, bro. So how, how, do you, how do you like stay positive during this whole period, man? With being so close to death, right? There is a certain perspective shift in your life. You realize that things that matter to you really are meaningless. Like fame, fortune, because like I said, like when I found out like I was, I thought I was dying, uh, all my regrets just came out. So it, it, it was, it's pretty clear now that I just want to like live as long as I can peacefully with my family, create a lot of memories uh, together with them. And sincerely from my heart, if everyone lived their life, like if they only have one year to live, they would be very, very happy people. And I swear by that because I'm very happy right now because I don't know where I'm going to go, but I am super happy. And I'm ready to go anytime because I have no regrets. Well said, man. Well said. Hey, you know, that thing you said, you know, I think that everyone should live as if they have one, one year left to live. It, it, it's funny, right? Like we, we usually like to, you know, procrastinate and I take a lot of time. And it's only when we're faced with like this, you know, the, the fact of our mortality that we really begin to like, oh shit, you know, there's so many things I haven't done. I, th- I think most people, when you ask them this question, like, you know, what would you do if you have one year left to live? A lot of people would say that they want to spend it with their loved ones. But right now, like, they aren't. Like, they're just spending their time chasing things that, you know, they think matter. But when you're faced with this, you know, this this damning fact that, you know, wow, you're really going to, like, key in, like, one year. It's like, shit, man, suddenly there's this sense of urgency. And I think if you ask people this question, like, what will you do if you only have one year left to live? A lot of them would, have the same response as you, and that is to spend it uh, meaningfully with their loved ones, which is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of ironic, right? Like we need this reminder that, you know, we are not immortal before we can actually, you know, like try to live in a moment and try to make the best of this, this life. Yep. I totally agree with you. Everyone thinks that they have 
uh, unlimited time until they, they fall sick. Vivi will always say like, only when you don't have it, then you want it. Then you realize how important it is. And how has this, um, you know, this experience kind of changed the way, like, do you have any specific examples of like how it has changed your life? Like, you know, what were the things you used to do in the past and you don't do them anymore now because of this whole experience? I found a lot of time suddenly to uh, be with my family, to do things like cycling with them, going out to the park, uh, bring them to school. All these things like may seem like normal stuff to the everyday Singaporean, but it's just like, it means the, the world to me that I'm able to, to be there to even physically and healthily do this kind of stuff with them. Lah. Yeah, like like later I'm going to bring um, Vivi to a to an exhibition, and it's just a simple act like that that I I really treasure because I almost died. You were part of some support groups, right? Like cancer support groups. Like, is it important to be part of a, a community like that? I think knowledge is power. Having a lot of information about the unknown prepares you for the the process of going through fighting cancer. It's a life and death situation, like I said, and it's uh, akin to like going to war, but uh, with your own body. So without all that information, I think I, it would have been a pretty lonely and scary journey. And, and I think like if you need help, if you're going through something similar like cancer or anything else, just, just be open to talk about it. Don't, don't keep it to yourself because that's the last thing that will help you. I think it, it's really um, you know, heartening, inspiring to know that you guys really have to you know keep the faith and fight against the odds man i mean like i said just now i <laughs> i think i might laugh if i find out they have cancer but it's impossible to tell because i haven't actually been through that but yeah i don't know i think wow it's it's a it's a terrible situation to be in definitely because it's, it's not just you right everyone around you gets affected as well Hey, but dude, I, I, I seriously don't think you'll get cancer. Like. You're like the most chill person ever. You know, BV also is like, like, like said, like you drink whenever you want after work and then you smoke like mad. So it's probably like, you're probably going to live like how your grandma or, uh, you know, our grandparents who smoke and drink then live up to 80 or 90 and then just, just die. I think you, you, you're going to be fine, dude. But you see, that's a fucked up thing about life, isn't it? Like somebody like you who goes to gym five times a week, eats healthy, doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, get cancer. And then some people who drink whiskey and smoke every day, they live up to like a hundred. It's, it's bizarre, right? Yep. Like <laughs> where, where is the science, man? I don't know. I, I, but I guess, I guess you can attribute it to stress in life because I am a much hung up stressed person uh, than you in general, right? As you can see, I'm very intense with work. Right, <laughs> not that I'm saying you're slack, but you you know how I am, and maybe that's the the, the reason why I feel four D, but you never feel lah. Yeah, yeah, and I think for 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 those of you out there listening, and like I think whatever Nikki said is is really important to kind of just like you know take note of, like keep the faith, and as cliche as it sounds, like you know live each day, like it's your last, live it to the fullest. Cancer is not a death sentence because like I said before life itself is a death sentence. Um, yeah. And in fact, if like in Nikki's case, cancer has proved to be, um, you know, a source of an enlightening new perspective to life, man. Yep. I would say that I'm living my second life right now. I'm super happy. I, 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 I was way, I, I am way happier than I was before my cancer. So, and that's a great thing also. And I would like to say that if you want to reach out to me to talk about, talk about uh, 
going through cancer or, or anything else that you have questions with, uh, be it with your, your, with your loved ones or so, just uh, reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'll, I'll be there. I'll, I'll answer your questions. I have done so for many people also who have just uh, anonymously uh, messaged me for advice. And I will, I'm, I'm happy to be there for you. Hey, so, so one last question. Like, um, you know, when you're on chemo, mm-hmm. can you still get a hard on? <laughs> How is important to us to fight?